Welcome to Two Caps and a Coffee, a podcast with two friends chatting about the topics that matter most to us over a cup of coffee, bringing you into the conversation. I'm your host, Kaden. And I'm Renee. And today, we're going to talk about the anime movie, Your Name. But before we get into that, I want to know, Renee, what's in your cup of coffee today? I am actually opting for a straight tea. So I have some English breakfast tea um, from Tozo, the brand. It's probably familiar. It's in hotel rooms primarily. Um, But yeah, I wanted something simple because sometimes you don't want the, the crazy buzz in the morning. But what about you? Today, I'm drinking out of one of my favorite mugs. I love these types of mugs. Um, For those of you who can't see, it's just a nice little white and black with a blue line strip um, in the middle. And it's just black coffee with some sugar in it because I go hard sometimes. But really, it's because I forgot that I ran out of milk as what I use for, like, creamer. Um, I don't use whole milk, ew. I use coconut and almond milk. <laughs> I'm not a psychopath, guys, I promise. <laughs> um, and so today's topic, right, going into that, um, I really want us to dive down and to understand what is your name. It's an anime movie. And... Yes, and it was actually released in 2016. It's It's really cool because it's one of the only movies that I feel recently and this like at least in this space that we've seen that has been like actually somewhat correct in terms of like timeline so when we started the movie with our main character it was in 2016 which is when the movie was released and then there was a period where we went back in time and forward in time and I like the, the correlation between that it wasn't just like this was set in the 80s and here we are still in the 80s like it was still very i don't know realistic i like the timeline but um in terms of a synopsis do you want to start us off with that kaden it's a general what is the premise of the movie and then we can kind of like dive into our thoughts because that's what we wanted to do this week more of like a how did your name make us feel? Not necessarily like, oh, if you've never seen the movie, we're going to like recap it perfectly for you to go see it. No, if you want to see it, you can rent it. It's not free online. It's free if you have some um, specific uh, resources that you like to lean on. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. So starting off your name, yeah. Um, from the very beginning, essentially, you are seeing that like, you feel very discombobulated because you don't really understand what's happening. It has this beautiful musical intro. You see these like two characters. It's a boy and a girl who are roughly around the same age. And they're like, form some type of connection, but you don't understand what. And then it's like in a split second, you see her wake up from her bed in um, rural Japan area. Um, <laughs> it's actually not her. And that's the funny thing is that she wakes up and she's just like, "Oh my god!" And that, so you know, moving forward with the rest of the movie, like the plot line and everything, is that they are switching in and out of each other's bodies during the same time. This celestial comment is coming close to Japan, it can be seen from Earth, um, very close. It's like um, it's like a every what is it? so many hundred years, I want to say it's like almost a thousand, twelve hundred years-ish. Yeah, 
1200 years. 1200 years that this comet comes by. And so it's like a once in a lifetime, once a millennia type of thing. And it's causing a lot of these effects and these changes between these two characters. And so you get to see the discovery of that. This is a love story. So you have that aspect too. And we love that. Um, <laughs> And the things that I will ruin for everyone is that it is it does end on a happy note. I hate love movies in like with someone dying. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I I will not watch a movie if I know someone's gonna die at the end that I really care about. Um I do have to preface that. It it does end good on a good note. So yeah. It's worth watching. I guess yeah, if you haven't already figured figured it out, this is gonna be filled with spoilers so if you're like oh my god it's on my wish list girl (laughs) (laughs) this is your chance because we're not pulling any punches um (laughs) your name is so interesting because like as you mentioned there's that musical number in the beginning that feels like a theme song so at first i was like is this like based off of like a series or something like that but i can't find anything online to like support that claim i think they just were like hey, let's do an emotional baseline setting with this song that kind of shows them like going back and forth between places. And I think one of the cool things about the movie that, I don't know, we don't really understand why is like why these two got to switch bodies. Is it because of the Miyaza or Mia's moves? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm so sorry. Um, But like, you know, their family tradition that she said there was a point in time where everyone in her family was having these dreams. Like, is it because they have like this like mystical connection or is it just like serendipity? Um, I don't know, maybe that answer somewhere online or someone in the comments can like help us out with that. But I just thought that it was so cool that these two folks were able to figure out how to prevent mass ruin from happening to like literally hundreds of people just because they were switching bodies and actually like had the sense to like take notes in their smartphone, so. I just love that. I I really loved. Um, so the the what happens right is that this comic comes and in one version of their lives together, comic destroys this town, and it's horrible. It's sad. You find out she dies. You know, and that kind of makes you want to stop watching, or at least it made me want to stop watching because you're like, no, <laughs> my character cannot die. I hate that. Um, but then, you know, you quickly see that he's not willing to give up on it and he's willing to still fight for her and he finds a way to reconnect to her and he helps her save the town. And so it's like, it's, it's very serendipity. Uh, To me, it gives very Studio Ghibli vibes. Yes. Um, Even though I don't think it's by anyone connected to Studio Ghibli from what I know. And that's so crazy is that like they have this sense of whimsy, but it's also more emotional and real. Um these characters are in high school, right? I mean typical Japanese anime, these characters are in high school. Um and I, I love it. So the two main characters are Mitsuha and Taki. They're the ones who keep on switching bodies between each other. Um Mitsuha is in rural Japan. Taki is in um, Tokyo. Yeah. So my my first thing that's funny is that like when they both wake up, <laughs> you see you see their first experiences waking up, and the first time in each other's bodies, 
And Taki, whenever he's first in the girl's body, he's just like, oh, and he's feeling himself on his balls, and he's just like, oh my gosh, what is this? They feel so real. That's hilarious, I think. And then even with her, whenever she wakes up, that's the first thing she feels too. She's like, I feel so light. I have, the, it's like they're gone. <laughs> and she's just like, what happened? And then. <laughs> For her, she's like, there's a weight down there. <laughs> she goes, there's something down there. <laughs> but isn't that so realistic, though? Like, if you wake up in, like, the opposite, like, sex's body, you'd probably be like, hmm. And they were cis. Let's keep it at that. Yeah, like, yeah, you exactly. would be like, um, let me explore my new equipment. So I, especially since they were teenagers, like if they just like, oh, let me like go into like maybe their important files and try to see who they are. Like they were like, I'm in the body that's not mine with my brain. I'm going mm-hmm. to uh, understand this physically. So I just thought that was so funny. I thought it was hilarious too. I think it's, it's also funny that like this movie is very cisgendered, heteronormative. But because of the body switching, it also makes it feel very queer. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was something, like, I immediately noticed. Like, um, his boss and his friends, like, the one who actually go with him to try to find Ito, Itomori, um, mm-hmm. were literally, like, um, he was cute that day. Like, his friend was like, yeah. oh, hold on. <laughs> and, like, his boss was also like, I didn't know he had a feminine side, like, you guys were more attracted to him when he had, like, this more, like, feminine persona in his body. So it's like, um, I don't know how to tell you this, sis, but, yeah, I, I like that little, that, you know, that moment where both of them were like, oh, okay. I love that, too. Especially, like, so whenever it's the first time the girl's in his body and she goes to the high school with him and every, or as him. And that friend that went with him to see this village later on, <laughs> there is, like, a slight moment of, like, boy love action in terms of, like, he compliments him. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I don't forget what he says, but it's something in terms of, like, you seem so cute today, or, you know, or, like, you're so beautiful, or it was something very subtle. It wasn't something as strong as beautiful. But then you see yeah. the friend blush, and it was like, oh, okay, what? I see blushing right now. What? What yeah. is this? He said that after Taki or Taki Mitsuha left, um, and the, like the friends were talking, and like he was like his friend was like, "Uh, Taki was kind of weird today." And then he was like, "I don't know, kind of cute." And then he started uh-huh. blushing. So it's like, but then at the same time, like I like how the physicality didn't matter for him. It was like the personality, and like she is this like cute young rural japanese girl so she has like the all the politeness and you know seeing her being raised as the mayor's daughter he publicly reprimanded her for not having great posture so you know she's like prim proper so i thought that was like cute that he was like um i don't know why i'm getting the feels for like my homeboy that i've known forever it's like (laughs) right i I thought it was super cute another moment that i thought was hilarious that I wanted to share with you was that like you know what people do in astrology is that if you're having fun with it you always name characters in a movie like oh that character is such a so-and-so sign that character is such a so-and-so sign let me tell you 
Misuha's little sister. First, I want to I want to gauge your feelings. Misuha's little sister. If she was going to be a sign. What sign would she be to you? Oh man, I think she'd be a fire sign or an air sign. Like I just feel like she either an Aquarius or like an Aries. Just because she's so much like I think the scene that makes me get like chick I get fire energy from her is like, oh you're not feeling your boobs again this morning. Just like like closing the door before her sister could be a weirdo. But then also when she was like, You could sell the sake, move to Tokyo with it, like the kind of like, how do we make this like a business plan? But she doesn't seem grounded like an earth sign because then you could say, oh, maybe Capricorn. She seems more like, I'm sick and tired of hearing you complaining. Go do something. Be about it. Be action oriented. So that's how I would like actually peg her. I don't know. What about you? I definitely felt that she was like such a Sagittarius in the sense of like, she did not care anything about her sister. <laughs> like she cared for like, her weird. you know what i mean yeah she loved yeah. her but she was like i'm not gonna deal with your weirdo stuff sis like you need to get over yourself and just get on out come on let's do this that girl was always ready just to go 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 you know what i mean and that's really what i feel like about a sagittarius and they have this whole entire storyline in their head of like how things are too and i felt like that's exactly how the little sister was it was definitely that moment of where the little sister was like <laughs> You can just make this <laughs> the 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 um, sake and brand it as like maiden temple girl sake because <laughs> it's what happens is that like they have to eat the rice, mush it up in their mouth, and then spit it out, and then it ferments, and it's like a gift to this god um, that they're like performing the ceremony for. And to me, first of all, I was, I never even heard of that. So I was really surprised. Um, I forgot about that part in the movie. But then it was just like, this is so funny that this little sister is like coming up with this business plan right on the spot. Just so this girl can like shut up about wanting to go to Tokyo. I thought it was hilarious. And then like the whole, I hope that in my next life I'm reborn as like a cute, like boy who lives in Tokyo. And then next scene. She wakes up as a cute boy living in Tokyo. And she probably thinks, like, oh my god, it's like, I manifested this. It's like, "Mm, kind of, sort of, not really, but... And something I think is actually really interesting, because in a way, it's like like they were sharing one body after, you know, the comet hit and she passed away. So it was kind of like she actually was, like, reincarnated... But, like, sharing Taki's body in order for him to, like, help figure it out. Because I guess, like, the... But that's, I guess, now we're branching into a different topic of, like, why were they allowed to transcend time and space to save Itomori, even though they already had evidence that this comet would split, since that's how the river was created, uh, which Tessie, like, told us about. He's like, this is legit. Like, the last time the comet came over, it created the crater, that is now our lake. So, like, why is everyone acting like this is so crazy? So, I wonder why they, why they were the ones who were able to figure it out, and why they were the ones who got the chance to do it again. Especially since, like, Mitsuha actually died. You know, so. Well, I think like that. Also, uh, what I love about the story is that it does a very subtle way of foreshadowing things. 
and like how to build up theme like it built its theme very very well for me and i love that so like in that first instance at the very beginning of the movie where mitsuha is no longer mitsuha and it's taki for the first day he like then they switch back mitsuha goes back to school and doesn't recognize that she skipped a whole day because she can't remember right and so her friend her male friend there they're having lunch together just sitting down and he is like says the line of like oh this must be memories from a previous life that you experienced which is why you can't remember and that's what i felt like is that like that's literally what was happening is that they were just experiencing the memories and everything because later on it goes to say that time is like a twine and it can get tangled and it untangles and it connects and reconnects um, and disconnects and everything and it was just like it's all circular so it was essentially saying you have experienced what you will experience are things you already have experienced and have gotten through you, yourself you know in a way and that's why i think like it was bringing them together it was a form of destiny just like how mitsuha's father and mother got connected i think were very similar situations as the father he recognized what was going on because you're not mitsuha at the very end, during the whole entire comic scene and everything, where she's trying to raise like awareness and get her father on her side, and she has this distant past with her father, yada yada yada, it was so impactful because he recognized whenever she wasn't herself, and he recognized that as like a true sign that it's his daughter who also was like his wife who passed away. He like has not gotten over. So for me, I think it's like just a, a I think it's a thing that just happens to all of this all of these women in this like line. I think it's beautiful, but I also think it's just like part of their destiny is to experience something like this to one find a real true connection because they're a, like a family that values that type of connection that refuses to like break away if they can help it and always try and stay connected. But then they also are willing to <laughs> experience these things and go through these things and not necessarily reject it fully. They embrace it as part of who they are, is this connector of a sort. So I feel like it was her destiny to experience this. I have no idea how that guy, Taki, how he got wrapped up in it. You know, in the in the sense, besides like he was just destined to connect to her on a deeper level. Maybe that's like the the deep line that it had to be. But I love the theme of connections of the whole entire movie for sure. Yeah, I don't. So Mia uh, Mia Mizu is the you know the last name, the lineage of women who are able to like you know do this like body jumping thing. I don't know if you know her mother did it with her father. But in the conversation with her grandmother, they were saying that they ran, they would share notes about randomly switching places with folks. Um, and I think it might actually, it could also be like the fact that the grandma could see that she was talking, like, you know, sometimes she just had that moment of realization where she could see, and that, you know, that moment where she was like, oh, it's how you're dreaming. And she saw like Taki mm. in like the kind of like black space. Um, it could be that the father had that moment too, or it could be that he's like, this can't be my daughter because of the way that she's standing up to me. Like something has gotten into her. She's not who she normally is because like she, you know, has that determination, that fire in her eyes. 
But then at the very end of the movie, too, when she, like, finally runs up to him and is like, yo, like, during, like, the, when they save the day scene, she's, she is Mitsuha. So I don't think that he, I don't know. I think that it's more like you're not acting like yourself. Like, who are you? Like, why are you behaving in this way? Because he also isn't from the Miyamizu lineage to, like, know, like, their connection. He doesn't respect it since he left the shrine anyway. He was like, I didn't marry the traditions in the shrine. I married my wife, Futaba, who's now, you know, nicked, you know? So, <laughs> she, she did. Um, <laughs> so, I think, but I think that that mystery is, like, for us as the audience to kind of fill in. Like, is it because, you know, he was able to see through her, like, you know, Granny was able to do it, um, things like that, but it's just a very interesting movie, and what did you think about, like, you know, key takeaways, the symbolism in the movie? Because after I watched it, I was, like, in my feels, and I was like, oh my god, I don't want to cry, I don't want to cry, I don't want to cry, and I cried later. And it's just because it's such a, like, that scene at the end when they, like, meet each other, and they're like, I know you in some way, and it's still the thread that, you know, they go through the ceremony of weaving is how they were able to, like, you know, reconnect again. So, I don't know, do you have any, like, beliefs and feelings post-watching the movie in response to maybe something that you've seen specifically in the movie? I, uh, this is such a feel-good movie, like, in not a sense of like ha 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 funny or you know like humorous um there are humorous spots in it but it's really just like an overall like warming sensation that i i feel or like a tingling sensation after watching the movie because it just fills you up with like love and that connection and that deeper simulation because this isn't like just any type of story it feels like this feels like they're to me, it feels like there was some truth in the story to whoever the writers were. The sense of, like, not only did they craft this, you know, and they probably definitely spiced it up some and made it more dramatic, but at the core of it was, like, the idea of balance, unity, and connection. Like, the three things that you have to have to really, like, move forward with another person in yourself at the same time. You know what I mean? You can't get lost in somebody else. If you do get lost in somebody else, it's okay if you know that you are going to become more balanced from it. And that's kind of like what I was seeing is that both of them by themselves were not necessarily happy with where they were. They didn't feel their best version of themselves by themselves. They really needed somebody else to kind of wake them and shake them to their core and make them feel like they were something completely different. And at the end, they felt even more like themselves. Then it was just like, the ending is also so spectacular. So the ending, what happens is that after the comic ha the comet happens, and you find out that they saved the day, well, it's, you know, they, they connect, and they're able to actually see each other face-to-face -face in this magic twilight hour, which we really beautiful right and then they touch each other they get to talk to each other face to face and they're like okay it looks like our time's almost up you know quickly tell me what your name is that so we can remember whenever we wake up and write it down um because they keep on losing each other's sense of memory and who the other person is but they have that deeper feeling of they know who that is anyways so they do that and he taki writes on mitsuha's hand first and you don't necessarily see what he writes 
And, you know, then she's there taking action and everything, and she looks down, and she is trying to remember who he is, like, what his name was. And all, all she sees written on her hand is, I love you. Doesn't even take the time to, like, tell her his name. He just wants to express how much he loved her. I think that was so beautiful. And, of course, she didn't get the time either to write anything on his hand. She just drew a line, and then it was done. And then, you know, you jump forward into Taki's time, of like, more real time and everything. And then from his point, you jump into four more years, four or five more years, I think. You know, he's out of... Uh, He's out of college, freshly out of college, trying to find a job, it seems. And he's just, like, a shell of himself. It really feels like he's just trying to walk around when he's searching for this person who he doesn't know. And all he has is, like, her braided armband, I think. No, no, not even then. Then he doesn't even have it anymore. He's yeah. looking for He's looking for her. And he's, like, feeling a disconnect, you know, again. And then he sees her, they find each other and everything, but they're kind of shy at first because they don't know each other's name, per se, because in reality, right, in a physical world, they've never met. They've only ever met through this crazy experience with the comet. Well, they met they once. Recognize. They met once. Yeah. Before I went to Japan. Or yeah, went to and, Tokyo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They met once. But Mitsuha, like, she knew at that time but Taki didn't know anything. And that's really when Mitsuha like, had the understanding of, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Anyways, so th at the very end, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, I love this. I love how it ends so well. And then, like, they cross each other. They see each other in this, the train, and it crosses each other, and they recognize again who they are almost, to a sense, a deeper sense than what they currently do. And then they find each other, and they pass each other again, and they get so nervous just stop and they're like debating internally you can see that struggle of like do I turn around and reach out and then they turn around <laughs> Mitsuha's crying <laughs> and Taki's like do I know you from somewhere and she's like crying and everything and then they kind of like rush together and they're like what is your name and that's how it ends it literally ends with what is your name or something that's very similar to that your sentence is... and it's just like yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 And it's just the way to end is so beautiful. I absolutely love that. I love that so, so much. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like yay for them. <laughs> you know, it makes me root for them, of course. But it's also just like very whimsy a sense of like more so than Harry Potter, but very Studio Ghibli vibes sense of like how it how it like all comes together too i just it's a really really great movie sure how did it make you feel at the end what are your feelings well for me so i watched this movie last year because of a friend's recommendation so we watched it together and like last year when i watched it i was just really in the spot in my life where i was super big on like symbolism and like mysticism so I was like, you know, lighting my candles and setting my intention and doing tarot and like working with crystals. So very much that. So when I watched the movie last year, it felt like absolute like synchronicity, serendipity. And that also was a very like uh, charged night. I think it was like a full moon. It was just, 
it was crazy. Um, so I had a lot of strong emotions to it. So this year, I am, um, you know, I'm like, okay, I watched it last year. I know what happens. And I had a different response to it this year because last year I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, we really have to seize the day. And just I, w- I was talking with my friend about this, like, movie for maybe like an hour after it was done. I was like, you know, it's all about, you know, mysticism and like seizing the day and, you know, going after the things that we really want in life and like connecting with others and blah, blah, blah. I was about to go sing from the rooftops like your name is like a cultural reset and everybody needs to watch it. Like that's how I felt last year. But this year I was looking at it more from like a perspective of like soulmate bonds because like it starts, the movie starts off with like, I always felt like I was searching for something. I was looking for something and we can assume that that was happening in 2016, which is like three years after everything had already happened to Mitsuha and things like that. And she was like, I'm always feeling like I'm looking for something. I'm searching for something. So in my head, it's like, are they, you know, twin flames or soulmates? Because they were able to actually like, you know, share each other's bodies and like, you know, commune in this soul way. But then at the same time, something that I couldn't help but notice is like, Taki had that crush on his boss who would be, he, he had been working with her for years and years and years and years and had never even met Mitsuha and like his boss was like you already like someone else and I can see it in your face he's like no I don't but in my head it's like it started getting me to think more about how connections normally feel so much more real when they're passionate when there's something that is like actually like a an intense situation or experience it doesn't have to be like oh we have to save my town from getting hit by like a fucking comet in order to fall in love with them oh my god like you know he had been crushing on his boss forever and she never responded to him and Mitsuha literally was like I'm gonna go to Tokyo because I want to see how I want to see how this date goes or whatever because she already knew she had feelings for him too and I don't know it just it got me thinking more about having intense situations and relationships with people in order to build bonds that tra- like transcend space and time. Because when they see each other again, yeah, you could say it's because of the bells on her little, you know, headband or like the little braided uh, wrap she made. But then it was also like they had that recognition of each other. They looked at each other like, I know you. And it's deeper than, oh, I know your name is Mitsuha. And like, I know your name is Taki. Like, it's like, I know you. Like, they know they saw each other, like, beneath the skin and beneath that. They, they, I guess, like, had remnants of their experience. So, like, as you said, when they met at the end, it's like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. She's like, I feel the same way. And it's like that serendipity where you can't explain how you, like, feel connected to someone. So, I don't know. It makes me think, like... Is there validity to like the twin flame and like soulmate uh, conversation that we often hear in the spiritual arena? Because you could really say that they had like a connection that was predestined, you know, before they met each other, maybe before they were born, who knows? But um, yeah, it got me thinking more about that and how. You know, in our everyday lives, there, there are people that we're going to meet that maybe inspire some kind of emotion in us, like his boss did or his like senior at work did. But they're going to be people who also change us in ways that we couldn't have forecasted. And we'll keep looking for that person 
until we actually meet them again. And then it's like, you can start a new relationship that neither one of you anticipated. So that's how I was looking at it more so this year, like thinking about the, the nature of soul bonds and soul connections because of their experience. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm coming out of left field, but that's like how I was like looking at it this time around. No, I definitely, I definitely like questioned myself too, watching the story of like, are they just soulmates or are they twin flames? And like, how I would, I, I don't know if this is like the technical term for a twin flame, but how I understand twin flame is essentially at one point there was this one flame and then you can say that someone's like soul, right? And at some part, it's split into two. So you're two halves of the same whole, which is why it's like a twin flame. You come from the same fire, essentially the thing, the same thing that made you. Um, so for me, like what I, I see that as is that like everyone in their lives are, I want to say soulmates to them. You know what I mean? In a sense of like they have a connection with them that's long lasting and impactful to some degree. Um, I'm not talking about just like romantically or anything. What I'm talking about is that like I think they were all destined to be in some form of this connection and be little like pieces that flare off. But I think that that stronger bond that Mitsuha and Taki experience are because they're like twin flames. Because I think to me, like they are just two halves that when they come together, they make one whole. And I just feel like, you know, you can really see that in how they were experiencing each other's uh, lives whenever the switches were happening. You can see how things were changing within each one of them, especially whenever the other one lost one. Like they felt not even, they felt changed and less than, but more different than how they did before. So to me, I feel like that was a twin flame experience that they had with each other. Yeah, like I think there were, of course, there were some key differences in that there was no runner and chaser we didn't see the relationship end in disaster like some of the like typical stereotypes surrounding twin flames and things like that you know like at the end of the movie both of them were running to be together and you could say it's like that's that typical twin flame um, magnetism that they were experiencing in that moment but i don't know it feels like they were like just two souls who's like just like the thread just got you know entwined entangled they were in an entanglement that um they could not forecast but um that's just how i saw it but i don't know this i want to like pivot a little bit since you mentioned it do you believe in our you know physical world in the concept of destiny or was it just you know serendipity because i think that is a completely different and interesting conversation as well so this is, I guess, <laughs> kind of, this is where I play to a more Libra side, where I'm like, I say there's both. You know, I feel like some things are destined for you, but you choose your destiny that you want to take on, or the aspects of it that you want to take on or reject. So, like, I, and then some things just happen to you. Um, and that, that happening, I feel like, is still part of, like, the universe, or whatever figure or figures you want to play tribute to, um, bring that into you because that's what you're asking for and you're attracting and you're like manifesting. You know what I mean? So 
know that sounds super convoluted. Because, <laughs> like, I, I feel like you're, everyone's destined for something great than what they are. Greater than what they are, at least, for sure. But how many people actually want to embrace that and take that forward and can work through themselves and work through that ego to get to it? Or aspects of it, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are, are you in that same vein? Are you living your destiny right now? Are you actually taking the steps needed to fulfill it? Oh my God, am I on blast? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I definitely, I feel like, you know, so to be honest with everyone, I feel like I haven't discovered what my destiny is yet. Um, but I am, I do feel like I am taking steps to try to like peel that curtain back more so every single day so I can see that bigger picture. And some would say that like, oh, well, you're too young, so of course you won't know. Or, you know, some will say, well, you haven't, you know, fully lived a life yet. Of course you wouldn't know, yada, yada, yada. And you only have those experiences once you're at a certain age or at a certain, like, maturity level. I think that comment in that whole entire stringer comment is BS because to exactly. me it's like, no, I feel like, you know, you can know what your destiny is at starting at the age of five. You know what I mean? Like, whatever age, <laughs> you could be as young as whatever and just have that knowing. Um, so that sense of certainty for me is just not here yet. I know it is coming, and in some form or way, I have already experienced it. So I know that it's possible, and I know that it's here. So it's just like me, I'm trying to work through get out of my ego to be able to fully see it and fully embrace it because i know it's me that's stepping in my way of my own destiny hmm. okay um what about you I, no you can't get out of this <laughs> um okay so i'm gonna go back and answer the question i originally asked do i believe in serendipity or destiny i think it's hard to say because I am a person that definitely believes in like the law of attraction and you know what we are we get back and things like that so in a way I think serendipity is kind of like when we like um, release some resistance and allow things that have always been there in our vortex and like our our honeypot of things that we want to finally come through so it feels like it's random it feels like it's serendipity but really it's we stopped fighting against that thing from coming into our life experience. Yes, yes. Now, with destiny, I think that, I think our destiny as people is to live the best version of our lives possible, whatever that definition is, um, and create a life that we are happy with. Some people will be like, I was destined to be a writer, I was destined to blah, blah, blah. And I would always like, encourage them to go a level below that like what exactly would writing let you do it, it allows me to connect with people i get to move people i get to change people i get to change the world like ah that's your destiny like writing is just a modality that you think is the best way of doing it but underneath that like it's the why of what you why do you want to do xyz thing like what do you think is going to happen if you do that and why does it have to be you so i think that Plain and simple, everyone's destiny is to show up, should be 
to live the life of their dreams. So some people will be like, I was destined to climb Kilimanjaro. Okay, girl, <laughs> do you. Um, <laughs> now, in relation to do I think I have a destiny and have I, you know, made steps to actualize it? I don't know. I don't, I don't think of, you know, is there something I'm meant to do? I do resonate with the, you know, thought of like, there is something missing or I know I want more. I don't know what that thing is that's missing. Um, but it's not missing in the sense of like, I'm curled up in the shower, like crying about it's not here. Like not that it's like, you know, when you just know that this feels like I'm in like a, it's like we're in a taxi on a plane because I've been flying a lot. So when you're on the runway and the plane's not moving, but like you're like, hey, at least I'm on the way soon. Like we're not moving now, but like I'm on the way. It's good that I'm in the plane. That's how I feel right now. Do I know the destination that we're flying off to? Absolutely not. Um, you said let me get on this flight and not know where I'm going. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, listen. <laughs> I don't know where, that's why there's like that sense of like uncertainty behind like if I do have a destiny that's other like, I guess another destiny in that like I'm supposed to achieve this or do this or whatever. I don't know what that is. I'm just like knowing that I'm on some kind of path to getting there. And I think that this like uncertainty could be due to many things like living in a very practical society, being a practical person. As practical, as practical as I can be on most good days. Um, but, you know, I don't know what it is. And I'm just like, how can I be the happiest version of myself? I know there are things I could do to change my current situation to be happier. So I'm like, okay, I know I could do that. But I don't know if I have a destiny that's like been written in the stars. Like this is what Brene was meant to do here. And it is probably because like, you know, whenever I think of destiny too, I think big picture, I think world changing kind of thing. Not like my destiny was to raise this child and, you know, undo generational patterns. Like that could be someone's destiny as well to like break the pattern. Um, but I don't, I never really think of that. I always think like, how can I, destiny is when you're coming forth and changing like the paradigm or, you know, you're shifting something. So maybe because I'm thinking too big, I'm not able to see my my sized destiny so yeah that's that's where i am basically like if i can sum it up i don't know <laughs> i don't know but i feel like i'm stagnant in the journey of actualizing that because i don't know what the destination is so it's kind of hard to take off on the tarmac if i don't know east the west north south you know i don't know where i'm going so yeah I would, I would definitely say to that, like, something I always hate hearing as, like, a Capricorn is that, enjoy the journey. Just enjoy it. You don't have to worry about the destinations, about the experience. That crap pisses me off. So, like, I, <laughs> that's something that I obviously have to work through, right? So, like, when you say things of, like, you don't know where the destiny is yet destination is yet i definitely understand how you feel about that because like i do feel the same way um it feels like i'm blind stumbling around in a room full of things <laughs> and i'm trying to draw a picture <laughs> like, of them at the same time 
Yeah. <laughs> just like, no. Well, no, don't really understand, but I'm stepping, drawing. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I think I used to hate that uh, phrase of like, you know, enjoy the ride, not the destination. Because then, it, I mean, if you look at a roller coaster, you don't have the most fun when you've pulled back into, you know, the beginning of the ride. You have the most fun. I as do. Like, well, okay. If you like. <laughs> I'm happy um, when it's over. <laughs> I, mean, like, I know what you're saying. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, I, I don't know. Like, when I look back at my life so far, like, obviously I'm not on my deathbed. So, you know, I'm not at the end of it. And I'm still having a relatively good time, you know. Um, when I look at some of the things I've experienced, you could say those are part of the journey as well. And, like, yeah, I had a good time with that too. And when the journey was coming to a close, I was like, oh, 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 oh wait, 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 wait. I'm not ready to be done yet. I like, I want to keep doing this, you know? So I think when, when you allow yourself to be fully present in the experience and you're having like the best time you could possibly have, then the destination really doesn't matter because the journey feels so, so good. Um, which is why, like, I feel like I don't know what my destiny is, but I'm not in a rush to like, figure it out because like you know there are things i know i want to experience and it feels more like you know i'm on a quest and i don't know what the destination is but i just decided hey i'm leaving home and i'm gonna find my definition of fun that's what i feel like i'm doing right now like i'm finding my own fun and carving out my like i guess my spot in the world and that's like fun that I'm having, the destiny that I'm actualizing is figuring out who I am and what I bring to the table, not for my sake only, but for my family, for the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Well, Renee, I feel like it's come that time again where we've met those minutes. And um, I want to say to everyone, you know, thank you again for listening or if you're watching us too. But the conversation doesn't have to end here. And we want to hear from you. If you've ever seen this movie, or if you haven't seen this movie, we want to know your thoughts and your feelings behind it. And we also want to know more about you. Do you believe in destiny? Do you think destiny is true? And have you found yours or not yet? Is there anything you want to say, Renee? Um, yeah, I just want to echo what you said. I think that the conversation about destiny and finding yourself and connecting with other people is really interesting and I mean that's why we have this pod because we wanted to connect with as many people as possible so definitely don't hesitate to say something say what you need to say and um, you can follow us on our social media handles two caps underscore coffee on everything and listen to the podcast everywhere you like to listen to podcasts and that's our show for today thank you bye people